Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Dean Blandino. And as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 277. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case and the Riz. What, an, what a great week this <laughs> is again. The three boys are back in town. Three Musketeers, is it? I don't know. Three idiots? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll let the audience name it. Boys are back in town is good because it is actually Phil Lynott's birthday to late great Phil Lynott of the Lizzie. The boys are back in town. There you okay, go. There you go. Tie that up. It's somebody else's birthday too, isn't it? Is it? It might be. Uh, I got the big three five today. <laughs> that was perfect timing. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was my son. Uh, he is in the crowd for the Houston Rockets game. He is a big Rockets fan, and they apparently just did something very good towards the end of their game against the Thunder. Very nice. Very nice. Well, congratulations on making yet another birthday case. I know 10 years ago you never thought you would, but here you are, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Really, really good stuff. Glad to have you. All right. We got a lot going on. Today's show, Jim Brandstatter is going to join us, former voice of the Lions, current voice of the Michigan Wolverines, 60 years in a row on the radio or on the football field. This guy has been kicking it live for a long time. We're going to have him on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about college ball, a little bit about the Lions, the NFL, what's the effect, because there's a lot of intertwined little things here. So we'll talk about that with him. We're going to take you the latest in training camp news. The pads are on. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, our shiny new cornerback, our new running back. How are these toys working? How are our old toys working? Oh, we've got it for you. We'll let you know. And we're going to take a look at the team and the outlook of the NFC North in general. What does that mean for the team, the coaches, the 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 all that stuff? I don't know. It's a great show. Got a great show lined up. Case, Riz, you boys ready to go? Sure am. I even put a shirt on over my uh, birthday suit for you. Let's kick this off and break it down. On over the birthday suit. Well, we appreciate that. So it's just pants free only. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, make sure to check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Very special thanks to Dylan from Gold Bomber. Very, very good. Uh, we got, of course, Mathis, big, big time first donor. Brian B., I prevail, and all the big happy folks who help us out. You can join them at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Support the show. Help us pay for all the things that we do. And uh, you get sweet access to the Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, the most intelligent beer chat on the internet, the most intelligent stocks chat 
because it's a gambling channel. Entitled, uh, the most intelligent, dumb Fs chat. <laughs> it is the best chat on the internet. It has all kinds of different channels and uh, topics from some pretty, pretty, pretty sharp folks. As little you know, credit as I'd love to give Wisco and as much hard time as I like to give him. He's he's got the uh, the house flipper, house repair stuff. He, his his number one his number one recommendation is cut the joists. You don't need them. He's a great guy. Uh, join join the join the crew. Little as a dollar a month will get you access to that, and it helps support the show and all the stuff we do. We appreciate all of you Patreon people. Did you guys hear the thunder just now? We got a huge storm rolling through. It's that we also got a hurricane that's supposed to be, or a big storm right now, maybe a hurricane. It's supposed to be here Tuesday at eight a.m. We'll see how that goes. It's the season. Uh, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, on Instagrammer, Detroit Lions Podcast, and on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. Give us that follow. DET Lions Podcast is the best place to get all the information about the show and see case. Trying to remember not to stand up during the show. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's see. Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. All the great stuff is there. You'll get notified when we go live, whether it's our weekly show, our post-game show, or whatever. Get in there. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, a whole world of things. <laughs> all the places where you go. This place is rumbling pretty hard. Um, all that stuff's available for you, so go there. Give us a five-star review when, you, when you're there. Let folks know how much you love the show and how great it is. And uh, if you've got you know, some constructive criticism, hit us up in the uh, subreddit chat. We're happy to talk to you about that and help make the show better. It is the community show, so take some ownership. What are you doing over there? Just sit and listen. Give us a call via Skype. <laughs> Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS 929-335- Four six six seven. Leave yourself a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this weekend Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. How about that? Uh, okay, we're going to start off first. It is Case's birthday. Um, Riz and I are just horrible singers. There's nothing we can do about it. So after yes, our next segment, yes. if you want, feel free to call. <coughs> sing happy birthday to Case if you'd like to wish him any kind of well wishes. He's open to it. <laughs> Remember, he's sitting there with no pants on. He's ready for you. So feel free to call after the segment. Let's get into that segment right now. This, the thing that spurred this for me, uh, it's Jim Bramstadter. Wanting to call him, wanting to bring him on. Um, he had a great post on Facebook this afternoon, and I just had to call him. Uh, he's talking about what the whole Big Ten cancellation means, what it means to him, how it affects him, the student athletes, the coaches, and the whole thing. And I was like, Jim, can we get you on? This is this is a big thing. Would love to have you weigh in on it. And and Riz said, I don't know, Chris, you sound like an idiot, but we did it anyway. It's it, you know, it's great to get Brady an old friend of the show, friend of the draft party. Uh, was that two years ago? He was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Michigan football alum, all American from I think it was 1972. I want to say. Uh, and part of the Lions broadcast crew for a long time and still part of the Michigan crew. So uh, it, who better to talk about? Uh, and his post on Facebook, you should follow him on Facebook. He, he posts a lot of really cool stuff on there. And this one was definitely worth reading because it offered a lot of you, – you felt a lot of Jim in it. And uh, I, I'm sure that we want to talk to him about that too. But uh, it was very heartfelt and earnest and well thought out. Definitely want to feel a lot of Jim. All right, let's let's give him a ring. Let's, let's just do that without being horrible people. I'm not necessarily as good at that as I used to be. 
Alright, here we go. Hello. Mr. Brandstatter. Hey, how are you? How you doing? It's Chris, Case, yeah, Chris. and Jeff. Yep. How you doing, bud? Good, thanks. You? Good, good, good. Thanks for taking our call today. Love to, love to have you on the show all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah. you've got your own show to do, don't you? Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I'm, I'm editing. I'm, I've got my. I've got that show done. So I'm kind of waiting for your call. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, just you know, to public to make everything you know full transparency. I, when I called Jim today, he was in the middle of recording a show, and I gave him a whole bunch of yeah. editing work to do because of the uh, the beeps on the call in the background. So I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Life goes on. You know, broadcasting. That's the way it is. Yes. Especially sir. these days with all the uh, yeah with the. With the, the what, the the uh, what social distancing and doing everything from home it's just it's been a whole new world yeah yeah we're all we're all learning and, and feeling something different I wanted to hit you you know I told you earlier it was the post boy what a great post on Facebook and and we were just talking about it and and told everyone follow, appreciate it follow Jim Brandsetter some of the greatest you know your trips around Michigan your photography great stuff but today's was really really hard hitting because it's so topical about what's going on and it just- took me a while yeah <laughs> i just I, yeah. I didn't want to you know at first i'm like i should post something about this and i said you know sit back and because i you know it's like you're mad you're frustrated you're all that but uh, yeah so just get your shit together and you know kind of <laughs> Uh, figure it out, and uh, that's kind of where I came out with what I what I decided to say. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, and I don't want to take away from the post, but do you mind maybe just kind of summarizing it for folks right now, just so they can get, kind of get a sense of of where your head was at and, and what you were sharing? Sure. Um, basically, is I you know I mean it, it's it's a cataclysmic event in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's been nearly sixty years, and I haven't been involved in football in September in some capacity as a player broadcaster covering it whatever and so yeah i wanted to kind of put it in perspective and and the perspective is the reality is is that if someone comes up and says the reason we're doing this is for the health well-being and uh uh safety of the student athlete you, you can't literally argue with that no. i mean that's what all of us want right and right. so that's that's understandable i get that but but the problem is I also know from the other side that the hopes and dreams of young men who have put in tremendous amounts of time and effort, physical effort and, and mental effort, to be prepared to, to play this season, to be at the top of their game, to be at their physical and mental best that they've ever been in their lives, and then to have that taken away is just heartbreaking. And, and those are the, the kids that I feel for. Uh, you know, because I was there, and mm-hmm. golly, I don't know how I would have taken it. So, and the process, in my opinion, was it was very cumbersome, and 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 it it didn't address, I think, who you had to address. The coaches have done everything that they could possibly do. They've gone through all the hoops and made sure the kids were as safe uh, as they could possibly be, and that bubble that the athletic department would provide them. Mm-hmm. And, and when the decision is made, is made by a bunch of administrators who have never even visited the places and, and have never even talked to or discussed their options with the uh, players and coaches. That's, that was where, where my point was, that it, it, it's so unfair in so many different ways, and yet, you know, it's, it's erring on the side of safety and health. Uh, and yet it's very, very tragic in many ways 
for those young people and the coaches that are involved that you know have spent a great deal of their lives preparing for this. And you you talk about the the real dichotomy here in that the SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve are still going forward with their seasons, and now all we're going to have to work with is hindsight to kind of figure out who was right. And no. if everything works out great, it's like. Oh, now we're, we're we're mad, you know, we're extra mad with the Big Ten, right? But everything yeah, goes wrong. Oh. So, somebody in December is going to be a big winner and a big loser. There's going to be no in between on this one, because if if they play and and they play a full season without any issues, no stoppages and no spikes in the virus, then the Big Ten is going to look bad, even though they have the cover of saying we felt it was in the best interest of our players' safety and well-being to do this. But if somebody else does it and doesn't have a problem, then the Big Ten is going to look bad. And on the other hand, if the SEC or ACC and Big 12 have spikes and they have to cancel or postpone and you know have an up-and-down season where they've got real problems with this, then the Big Ten is going to look really smart. But I don't think, like you just said, there's going to be any in between given what hindsight is. And we're going to look back on this in December and say, who won, who lost? And there won't be a tie. It'll be somebody won it and somebody lost it. Sure. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Case. Well, I was just going to ask about um, – okay, so there's been a lot of talk about the possibility of playing football in the spring for some of these schools. And – I, you know, there's lots of uh, positives and negatives that could come from that. You could save a season for, for players, um, but you could, uh, you're also pushing them up against playing again immediately in the fall, whether that be in college or, or in the pros. And it, do you think that's a viable option? I do. Um, I, I, again, I would, it would not be, I don't think in the spring, if you play, it can be a 10 game season. Sure. Uh, I think you have to modify it to some degree. Look, they already practice and play in the spring. And they have 15 padded practices. So to, to suggest, and again, I mean, they take, they probably take better care of the, if a little injury in the spring that, you know, uh, wouldn't keep a person out of a game in the fall might keep a player out of a practice or a scrimmage in the spring. So yeah, there is a difference there, but, uh, you could put a spring season on steroids where, for instance, in the Big Ten, you have uh, two divisions of seven teams. You play your divisional opponents only. Uh, and normally in the fall, you have three padded practices during the week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, then you play the game. Uh, in spring football, you were allowed 15 padded practices. So if you played six games, you'd have 18 padded practices and six games in pads. So that would be 24 total padded practices or padded events Mm -hmm. in football. Mm -hmm. And then you would basically close it out in the end of April. And then you would go back to your normal schedule and have off-season workouts and then come back in August and start a season in September. It wouldn't be that much different uh, than a normal spring football. That's my take on it, but it's pure speculation on my part. Uh, I think coaches want to have more games. I think that would be maybe meet your point about the ability to recover. I think a a shorter season, a shorter group of games in the spring is probably 
more workable. Uh, but again, speculation on my part. That's all up for grabs. I'm sure they've got all kinds of people looking at the scenarios right now. Yeah, the spring football, I, I don't think a lot of fans understand how big and intense and how massive of an undertaking that has become at the college level. So uh, I, I think you're right on there, Jim, that, that, that that's they, they will work it. I, I, I agree with you on that. Well, I had a question. Just a, you're, um, you're right about the, uh, the massive undertaking, because let's face it, in the spring is where they determine who's going to play in the fall in most cases. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, you get the spring that, game. is It's right. crazy. That's, that <laughs> sets your lineup. Other than a few freshmen who might come in late and really flash early in the fall, but that spring is vital uh, to where you're going to be when you start football in September. Yeah. I had a question for you about the Big Ten came out with a revised schedule where they were only going to play other Big Ten schools about a week before they pulled the plug. Um, that seemed that was something that really bothered me personally, um, and I know that it bothered a lot of people around here. I'm um, living in Michigan. Uh, can you walk me through your thoughts on on what kind of I don't know how screwed up that is, basically? <laughs> <laughs> well, it bothered me too, and that's part of this whole deal of how the whole thing was handled. I mean, you say, okay, we're going to put out a schedule, and the Big Ten obviously had agreement and. Uh, cooperation from the rest of the conference schools because you had Michigan and Ohio State playing in November, uh, October. So clearly they were aware and, and they had talked to their member institutions said, this is what we're going to do. So clearly they had had contact. They made the schedule up. They were going to start in early September. Uh, and most everybody felt they were going to start in late September. Well, that was a surprise. They're going to start in early September. And then six days later, they pulled the plug. Uh, it gave everybody false hope, in my opinion. And and in my opinion, it, the presidents should have been advised or something ahead of time that they were going to release the schedule because if they were going to go six days later and say, no, we're not going to play it, you wouldn't have released that schedule. It's like the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. And that's, to me, what was so cumbersome and uh, unwieldy about how this whole thing was handled. Uh, very poorly, in my opinion, and that announcement of that schedule was the beginning of it. That schedule's fine if they don't cancel everything, but yeah. then all of a sudden, six days later, they do. It's like, hey, wait a minute. The only what, were, what, what were you doing a week ago? What happened? What, what happened to a week ago? What happened in between? And we haven't really gotten, I don't think, a definitive answer on that. And it's like the only good excuse there is a significant shift in the data about covid cases or you know death rates or something and and it seems like we would all heard about that right it's something to right. make that big of a change in that short of a time seems like we would all been pointing at it and saying oh yeah that's the right thing to do but yeah. to come out of the blue like that is is just simply it's confusing for everybody and then for us confusion always leads to frustration it, 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 it well exactly leads. no and i, I agree with you a lot. Yeah, <laughs> i agree with you that that that, that what what happened and and nothing cataclysmic happened. So, and, and then the other thing is, is what, what bothers us is when you ask the question, you don't really get an answer. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what the Big Ten has been trying to recover from, that uh, Commissioner Warren really, in many instances, hasn't had, uh, I thought the guy from the Pac-12 and the Big 12 handled it better than, uh, than Warren did. 
in in giving a a chapter verse kind of reasoning health wise why this was done. We at the Big Ten level, I don't think we got that. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Because now the, the the effect here is is so huge. It looks like the NFL is still going to play, and you have a bunch of kids and seniors in particular who would 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 we put would I play if I was a senior uh, with a possible draft you know decent draft position? Probably not. Knowing that I have to play again in the fall with the NFL, I'm I'm not certain that I would. Um, this really shuffle shuffles things up. Plus, with the draft happening, what do you think the effect is if they decide to go with spring ball only? Uh, on the NFL draft. Well, I think that you're not going to have the same team that you would have had in the fall line up in February. Jalen Mayfield, for instance, for the, for uh, Michigan has already indicated that he would, you know, forego a spring season and go directly to preparation for the NFL draft, which would mean, you know, Michigan in the spring would uh, not have any returning offensive linemen that started a year ago. So that would be, I mean, I think, and Jalen, I think, has made that determination already. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's not just at Michigan. You, Justin Fields down in Ohio State might very well feel the same way. So that's the effect it would have, that you you would walk into the spring with probably not the same lineups uh, and some of your better players uh, that were in your upper classes than you would uh, in the fall than this year. So that that's the effect I think that you'll have in, in a, in a spring season. The thing that, the thing that I, I don't think will make a difference is look, we're going to be all star for football. And if you're walking up there and you're wearing the winged helmet and you're playing a team wearing an opposing helmet, it's not spring ball. It's a real game. Yep. Yep. You're going to still watch it. And the players may be different, but they are every year. Really? The players may be different. It'll be odd, but I think people will still get behind the games and get behind the kids, um, no matter who plays. What do you think of the idea of moving college football as a whole to spring, just so us fans can have more football in the year? Yeah, they'd have to shuffle up the draft. Yeah, they'd have to do so much. But as a fan, I, I just can't get enough football. <laughs> Am I insane? I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. You're you're way out of I mean I'm just, I am uh, you can tell him he's I'm, nuts I'm a, it's blither, okay. I'm a blithering idiot right now because I can't even imagine that I've I would not it. even imagine that I've done uh, it I've got yeah, Jim it lost for you words have, <laughs> you have put me over the edge they, I, look they've tried spring ball and you know for USFL the XFL all of this whole stuff you know I, I love football too but I also love the other seasons and I think football has a great niche Yep. Uh, you know, that, that you start in that September and there's that chill in the air and the, the leaves start changing, and that's football season. To me, spring is when you play the Masters, and, and, and I've never felt that it fits in the spring. And spring practice for colleges, while that's exciting, it's a preparatory thing. It's, it's not the finality of having a season in a game, and then in, in January – you go to the warm climate with your reward of a bowl game. That's to me what what college football what, what should be. I don't and, disagree uh, at all. I, that's just <laughs> that's just my personal thing. I I I just I don't think it's it's. Yeah. Besides that, if you tried going year round, you wouldn't have enough guys the, the next fall to play. 
It's a hard game to play. It's physically yeah. very demanding. Well, that's my thing. I ask absurd questions sometimes just to make sure that, you know, we've we've looked at all the angles. <laughs> I don't think what is sure that, everything's that covered. Yeah, what is that great quote? There isn't an absurd question, just an absurd answer, I guess. <laughs> Until Chris asks it, then, then it's all, all bets Whoa. are off. <laughs> that, 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 boy, we're, we're bringing out the heavy stuff early. Here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I, can I ask you about Mayfield a little bit since he is going to – he did officially declare that he is going to leave. What do you think sure. of him as a NFL prospect? Very good one. I think that uh, his game last year against Ohio State and Chase Young – was yeah. a great indicator of how uh, how how good he was. Uh, I think Chase Young was was a factor in that game, but not nearly the factor that I think a lot of people thought he was. And I think part of that was because Jalen Mayfield arose to the challenge. That will be a tape that a lot of NFL scouts look at and say, "Yeah, how good is this guy? Let's put him up against one of the top draft picks in the NFL draft and see what he does." And and that's a sixty minute game. That uh, he really, I would think, graded out pretty well at. Awesome. I know I liked what I saw. He, he looked very, very good in that game. It looked like his feet were just much more seasoned than a guy who only played one year. He looked, he looked yeah, really, no, really I, good. I, I think game. you're right. I, I think you're right. He would have, I mean, I think this, this year would have been a great year for him to you know, solidify that status uh, as, a, as a real. Uh, first round type of draft pick in the offensive line, right or left tackle. But I think he's got a great piece of tape uh, on that game against Chase Young against Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that's probably going to have, you know, a lot of scouting is going to be year old scouting on players. And uh, this time off, there's the, one of the big risks is, you know, you have a lot of players, great players who are, are absolutely devoted to the game. But every now and then you get the characters, and we've talked about it a little bit on this show. We're nervous about the NFL year. There's a couple guys who, hey, maybe they, they, they ordered out a little bit too often and, and, and worked out in a little less often than they used to. And uh, they maybe aren't as uh, quick or light or as fast on their feet as they used to be. Um, and, and the data we have on these guys is a little bit older. So a lot of it relies on their ability to keep up. In, at home and, and, and you know, in, in a socially distance, distant location uh, to be able to keep playing the game. But that, 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 that lack of recency in the data set that they have on these guys is definitely well, going to have an effect. Especially in competition and game-type game, you know, situations. You, you've heard people say big-time players make their, play their best games against you know, big-time opponents. And, and pro scouts like to see that, too. When the, when the microscope is on when the bright lights are on who is uh, going to step up and say uh, you know and 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 perform well and who's going to kind of cower in the corner from the big stage and and you can tell a little bit of that from, from some of these guys but but they also and and this will be something that I'm sure that the NFL particularly will uh, work on is they're going to sit there and they're going to figure out a way to evaluate these guys whether it's an extra combine or or more people being invited to a combine or more opportunities for uh on-campus workouts where you know the ncaa says okay you've got an extra five days or uh whatever your pro day is you can make it two or three pro days Mm -hmm. to to give the pro scouts more opportunity to look at those players because ultimately let's face it college college is a place where you're getting ready for your next opportunity in life whether it's a, a career uh, opportunity, you go to class to work on a, on a possibility of a career, 
Well, some of these guys in, in football have the opportunity to have a career in the professional ranks. Not everybody, but, but those that are should, should be given the opportunity by the colleges to, to make their audition tapes as good as possible so that they can have the best opportunity in a career going forward. So uh, I think the NFL will they, – they, they, they'll find a way to, to get the, the, the latest information. These guys this year that are going to miss this season are going to be missing a – you know, they're going to be missing some – what do you, the analogy might be a few final papers mm-hmm. that yeah. they would be able to submit to the National Football League. But but the NFL is going to know who who can play and who can't. They'll they'll figure out a way, and and the kids that are the best that are going to move on, I, I think will have the opportunity to move on. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the other end, the players coming in. We are not having high school football in Michigan this year, which is a great disappointment to my son, who is going to play freshman football this year. Yeah, that's, uh, and, that's, and a that's lot that's of a, a lot of really good prospects. Um, my local high school, Zealand East, has two of them. They're going to be Division One players. What What do you think is going to happen with the the juniors and seniors in high school now who are moving up to that next level or aspiring to move to the next level if they're playing in the spring or not playing? Uh, how much do you think that really sets them back, and what do you think the programs are going to do about that? I think that's really problematic, more so than it is at the at the pro level, uh, because at the collegiate level, you got to look at uh, uh, basically if they don't play this year, okay, then you got to look at them as a junior. And and the thing that can happen in high school, you you know this as a, as, as fathers, you you have go- growth spurts and kids in kids oh, yeah. from junior to senior year can grow and get bigger and they become from a Mac prospect to a big 10 division one prospect in a year based on, you know, their growth pattern and things. So, you know, it's, it's going to be tougher, I think in that regard without a senior season in high school for the college coaches to identify some of the guys that I think they feel can help their program. Now, believe me, these kids have been recruited through their junior years. They know, who the juniors are, uh, who would be seniors this year. They know they are, but it's the guys that, you know, were just developing as juniors who needed this senior year to put the finishing touches on them, okay? Excuse me for a second. To put the finishing touches on themselves in that senior season that are going to be the ones that may fall through the cracks. That that's going to be hard. That's going to be tough because those kids that needed the senior year in high school to, to finish off their resume, if you will, for the, uh, for the collegiate level, aren't going to have that opportunity. And, that, and, and to be quite frank, that's, the, you know, there are a lot of guys that, you know, show up, as you know, you know, the division one guys when they're juniors, but there's some yes. guys that that senior year just blossom. And they become Division One players in that last season. Those are the ones that I uh, I feel bad for and I worry about that aren't going to get the opportunity that they probably should have. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. That's it's this thing has affected so many different things along the way. But these poor kids, their 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 windows are small. the The tape you get is 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 not a lot, and and they need to make use of every moment. And the, to, for that to be stolen away from them is really a tough. Tough story for yeah, it is, guys. and then again, you talk about a kid in the at the collegiate level as a career. 
and you talk about a young man at the high school level, mm-hmm. it's, it, it may be losing a full grade scholarship, yep. which puts his parents in a bind from a standpoint of getting him into school and maybe having to pay that first year of tuition uh, when he has the opportunity to be a quote unquote preferred walk on before he's awarded a scholarship. Right. So there's there's a lot of ramifications to this stuff, big time. But those guys messing up the schedule are still getting paid, aren't they, Jim? <laughs> they you know they're getting a, they get a no they get a five percent discount pay because of the COVID. But but guess what? Their check is bigger than yours and mine combined. Yeah, yeah. That's a t- that's a topic for another call, Jim. <laughs> uh, I will tell you what, though, I, uh, we 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 absolutely miss you. It's a tragedy we're not going to have you on Michigan games this year. Um, Lo- you know, Dan is great. Lomas is fine. We really miss you on the on the Lions broadcast, Jim. You're, you've you've been such a long time, you know, staple of the show. We still it still comes up on the subreddit. It comes up on the show talking about you. We we miss you dearly on those broadcasts. Well, I, so thank you for I all really the years you've given that. us. I appreciate that. I thank you very much. I, everybody that calls and asks about me that I'm doing fine and and I miss it too. Uh, but. Uh, the life in broadcasting is the life in broadcasting. You're, as Sam Beckler used to tell us, when somebody throws you a curve, you trust you, you move forward. That's what we're doing. Yep. Yep. No, you and Robbie look to be having a great time uh, traveling around. Tell us really quick about your podcast. Where can people find it? What are they looking for there? Uh, you can go to thebrandyshow.com and uh, navigate your way through the podcast or jimbranstetter.com and find the link. Any uh, podcast platform that's your favorite. Go look for Conversations with the Brandy Show. Uh, that's what it is. And I've got, for instance, this year, um, uh, for season two anyway, I've done Matt Millen. Uh, I've got Mickey Redmond talking about hockey. Um, I just got Greg Kinney talking about the Bentley Museum and all the great Michigan uh, historical uh, <laughs> artifacts that are that are there at the Bentley Museum. You can like Episodes of Michigan Replay with my shelf, myself and Bo Schembechler now. Mm, that's great. Uh, from wow. the Bentley. Uh, as a matter of fact, I get Bob Lipson, the producer of Michigan Replay, is on. And uh, Angelique Chengelis, a writer who r- writes for the uh, Detroit News. Yeah. Jamie Morris is on this season. A couple more I'm, I'm working on that before the, uh, before the season gets in. I'll probably start uh, this season in September. And uh, once a week. right now and it's more historical so uh you can actually go on there a year from now or listen to last year's episode with jack harbaugh and it's still just as good as it was when it was airing awesome it's, it's great stuff I, I implore everybody to check out jim's show he's, he does some really really great stuff follow him on on the facebook he's got your photography is amazing jim and it really thank is. you. And next time yes. we try <laughs> next time you roll through uh, Florida, make a stop in Tampa or, or let me know and I'll find a way to get over to you. No, if I'm in Tampa, if I'm in Tampa, yeah, let's go have, uh, have, have lunch or something. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, Jim, our best to Robbie and everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Notice, you be right? well. Okay. All right. You as well. All right. Thanks, Brady. Cheers, buddy. All right. Jim Brandsetter. What, what a great guy. guy. What a guy. Since the beginning. He's, I mean, he was on. Case, what was it? Show seven when we when we first started. Yeah, it's it's crazy. What yeah. he made his first appearance before I made my first appearance, which tells you how good he ranks. Yeah, and, and he's still coming back too. What, what is it about your your magnetic personality, birthday boy? 
<laughs> Case has us under his spell. <laughs> <laughs> we um, thought it was a pretty big deal when we got you on the first time, Jeff. Now it's you know. Wow! Well, now you now you just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the, the novelty is worn off. <laughs> oh, no, right. I love you. You're yeah, wonderful. that's. Oh, thank you. It was, you know, it just going back to what Brandy talked about, you know, um, I'll add, you know, uh, my son is, is going to, he's hoping to play high school football this year. We found out at four o'clock last Friday that the season was being canceled. They had practice at four 30. Uh, and the, our coach here at Zealand East, Derek Pennington is a friend of mine. Our, our sons have played basketball together forever. And I walked up and I, I, I talked to him and I pulled down my mask so he could tell that it was me. Uh, and I said, what are you going to tell these kids? And I was you know, trying to get his gauge on. He's like, I'm trying to figure out how I'm not going to cry my eyes out telling them that their dreams are dashed. No, man. And I, that really resonated with me. And the fact that you can do so many things. And now apparently you can practice once again. Uh, they're going to be allowed 16 full contact practices, but they can't play games. It just doesn't make sense and that's that i think brandy hit at that with with what's happening michigan did a phenomenal job the university of michigan did in bubbling themselves and isolating the, the kids did every single thing that they were asked to do they did it they were promised that they would you know oh you do all this and, and you will get rewarded and what happened to them they got they got a lump of coal in their stocking that the psychological damage that we have done to these young men when there are no other outlets. You can't go to a gym and lift weights here in Michigan. They're closed. Nope. You can't go to a movie. You can't go on a date right now. You can't eat inside if it's have a dinner outside because it's raining. You still can't eat inside in a lot of places. The, the, the culture that we have created for these young men who we want to be leaders and we want to be tough, it's that, that that's there's a major danger going on there. I won't say that it's worse than the virus. It's different, but it is it's certainly very disturbing what we are asking of these young men that we venerate so much and prop up so much. It's uh, and, you know, he talked about, you know, the kids who are losing chances to get scholarships. It's very real opportunity lost for a lot of these people that, that won't get that chance back. And that's, yep. that's tragic to me. Uh, and I will say it's, it, you know, you mentioned the young men, young women are suffering as well. I just, and yes, I, they I are. want you to get called out for not mentioning that, but we're, we're specifically a football show. So I just wanted to make sure that, yeah. well, well hey, our, our kicker is a, a girl and she, she kicks ass, honestly. Yeah, Go yeah. Paige. She, she made a 42 yard field goal last year. She can squat a ridiculous amount of weight. Yeah. There are, there are, it's, it's, it's sad, you know, at coming from a volleyball background, our girls volleyball team still can't get into a gym. They're practicing outside on sport court or in a parking lot right now. And you see it all the time. It's, uh, yeah, it's very you, frustrating. And and <laughs> it's, it's one of the things where you try to figure out, which is the, you know, as, as leaders, the, the people in, in powers, positions of power in the country have to thread a needle and they're not experts at this. They have a group of people, but none of them are experts. And, right. and, and I think, you know, as flexible as we need to be in our daily life, they're only working with the data that they have and trying to make their decisions too. It's it's just I wouldn't I do not envy any single one of the people in their no, positions. No, and I can right respect now. the novelty. It is a novel virus. We haven't been there's no manual for this. There's no real precedent for this. Yep. Uh, so I can appreciate that, but I would I would just say to to Governor Whitmer and to the other people that are in charge, show a little consistency um, across the board. Don't make why why can I get my hair cut and why can I get a lap dance but I can't you know go to church and sing? There's Wait. there's just so many weird 
idiosyncrasies to the Riz is experimenting with all the laws right now. I hear. Hey, (laughs) you you gotta live, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go with that. Uh, Really appreciate um, Jimmy, Jimmy Brandsitter. It was was great having Brandy on it and sharing his perspective on what's going on with Michigan and and the spring football. He seems very bullish on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's good. He's the first person I've heard that's actually bullish on spring football. How do you feel about it, Case? Well, mostly I'm wondering whether or not we're going to get NFL games on Saturday this this fall. <laughs> you know, it, and that's that's a great point because Case is always focused on the NFL where, where our, our podcast should be. So let's move on to the COVID cats <laughs> trademark list. Everyone's off the reserve list. There's no more COVID cats. We are all available for playing unless we opted out. And I think the only real major question mark which i wouldn't i wouldn't even say is a big loss but the biggest the biggest one on on the opt-out list is geronimo right geronimo allison yeah as a team we did pretty pretty well there i feel lucky we didn't take the patriot way on that one who are thank goodness how many guys are they out is it six guys eight they had eight opt out um five of them starters yeah Mm. 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 and they're already dealing with losing brady and gronk so yeah an interesting season They've been talking about, uh, or Bill, uh, Belichick said that, you know, there's a possibility they might use two quarterbacks, like, in any given game, you know, and that kind of thing going on yeah. there. So and, it'll, be, it, it'll said, be a real interesting year to watch. He said that in the day where Jarrett Stidham threw four interceptions yeah. on consecutive drives in practice and Cam Newton was looking on like, what are we doing here? Uh, it's that's gonna be they're gonna be fun to watch. Belichick. I'm not betting against them. I will never bet against oh, no. Belichick. No. But Belichick is the guy that will run two quarterbacks and all of a sudden turn it into the next. It'll work and everybody will be doing it. Yep. <laughs> you know, Patricia's trying with the guard rotation. That's not really catching on everywhere else. Wrong position, man. Belichick starts rotating <laughs> the quarterbacks. It works. Everybody's doing it. Yep. Yep. It's the it's the new oranges, the new black. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, so with that, talking about being sick, don't forget. I'm actually taking mine right now. Your CBD choice, if you're looking for pain relief, insomnia help, or help, any of those kinds of things, any of the effects you can get from CBD. Anxiety. Do they work on anxiety? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and let me put it this way, because I don't know if anyone can work listening. I've heard that you could take these before work. You take some CBD. And it has no effect. I know it has no effect on how you think and how you how you react or, or any of your, your decision-making or anything. But the anxiety that comes with a stressful day of work, it just doesn't get a chance to build. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Nice. They got the oil. I recommend the gummies first, number one, because they're absolutely freaking delicious. <laughs> I mean, you could sit down on them with like a little thing of Haribo and, and, and be all right. But uh, I, I emptied. This is last month. It's empty. This was the uh, the sour bears. They were delicious. This is now the uh, the watermelon ones, and they are also delicious. But they work great. Um, the other thing we talk about is that that CBD cream. This is the Lawrence Taylor stuff right here. Check this out. You want to talk about somebody who's been using it? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Things almost empty. This stuff is great. It has a nice pleasant smell. It doesn't smell like anything like Bengay or anything like that. But um, you rub it on a spot. You want spot treatment. Even I've been doing some uh, some lifting a little bit lately, and um, this certainly tones down the pain after 
you put the weights down and try to and sit around for a while and seize up. Uh, good stuff, especially if you're starting workouts, which I really think I'm late to the game on during COVID, but <laughs> something you should do. Uh, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. If you do a subscription for any of their products right now, 75% off. 75% off. They've got a 65% off sale going, and then there's um, an ongoing sale on the rest of the stuff for 50% off. It's a heck of a deal. Great pricing over there. This giant thing, again, one of these lasted me a month, and and I, I probably went heavier than I should have because I, I want to test this for you guys. I really want to test this and make sure we're in good shape. Um, lasts about a month. It's 36 bucks right now. Really, really good stuff. Good deal. Delicious and gets right to it. The one thing I heard about the CBD, if you have problems sleeping, and this I know cases is, is your area of expertise, um, this stuff pounds you into regenerative deep sleep um, really quick. And once you have a longer deep sleep cycle where you regenerate your brain, your muscles, and all those things, definitely, definitely check it out. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us a kickback. Thank you all for who does that. Joint pain, the whole joint pain, Don, in the chat, I would say use the cream. That's what I've used on my knees as I've done some of this, and it's been absolutely spectacular. I've had some muscle pain in the back because some of the, uh, the the exercises I've been doing with the weights as well, and um, my wife will rub it in. And, and to her benefit, no massage required, right? You just have to rub it in. So she's like, okay, I'll do it. I'm not sitting here for half hour and listen to you moan in pleasure. These <laughs> 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 days are over. <laughs> oh, that happens. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> let's, yes, please. We've got a, a little segment here called Lion's Tales. Uh, training camp stories so far. How about that? You get the idea of tales? It's like a du- double entendre. <laughs> and French. And French. Do we do it all on this show? Hello? All right. Let's, oui, oui. let's start off with Jeff Okuda. Um, started out camp a couple days ago with pads and was not looking spectacular out there. I believe it was Kyle Mikey, and I'm, I want to credit all the guys we can because there's only a couple guys there that are actually there that are able to report stuff out. So there's a couple I have today where I don't have credit. They were Reddit posts, and they didn't have credit. So if you guys can comment. We've got news from Chris and Tim, Chris Berkey and Tim yep. Twentyman yep, yep. from training camp today. So Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, if any of this we do and we don't source it, please in the comments just put the source in there. We, we want we don't want we want to make sure that we're not those guys that try to report this as if it was ours or we were there. We don't misrepresent this stuff at all. So uh, please, if there's anything we missed in there, please make sure we get in there. Right. And get those guys what they get. Chris Burke is doing a great job. Twenty Men is doing his his lion's job right. Mikey's been doing an absolutely fabulous job. Yeah. Um, uh, good Rogers is there Rogers, every day. Yeah. Burkett is there every day. Ben Raven from M Live will be there this weekend while Mikey's out of town. Eric Schlitt from Lions Wire will be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Jeremy Reisman has been there from Pride of Detroit most days so far. And and that's that's pretty much it from the people who are writing things out. There are um, radio and television guys who are in and out throughout the time, but the the guys that we just listed off, that's essentially who is there. And um I'm in on the Zooms. Um, I, I should say I can be in on the Zooms. I, I get invited to all of them. I don't always have time to do it uh, because I'm also covering the Browns ones, and I'm the only one there. But uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, in general, that's the guys that you need to be looking at for, for camp reports. And, and here, uh, we'll, we'll amalgamate it for you. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, there's a lot of people who are doing a very good job of, of – pouring over the notes and you know saying okay well this person said this and this person said this and that's great um as long as you're attributing it that's that's awesome um i i just don't like people who misrepresent that they're there 
Yeah, or, or act like not. it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so with that, let's start out. Um, we got some stuff. Again, this is um, this was Burke, I believe. Um, and no, this is Mikey. Sorry, um, Jeff Okuda wasn't looking spectacular out there the first couple of days. A couple of slips. Um, just recently, uh, and so after he slipped, sorry, I've got, there's a couple pieces that I'm piecing together here after he had those slip ups. Um, I want to talk specifically about what we saw from some of our offensive guys who they're playing against because he's playing against Kenny Galladay. Galladay after practice said that he and Marvin Jones told Okuda specifically, come up here, get some work with us, come up, get some competition. Like you see on Sunday, that's going to be huge for Okuda. Um, and, and for the guys, the offensive guys to show up and do that for, for him, just that's what a welcome, what a welcome, right? What a great way. It's like simultaneously challenging him and encouraging him. And that's, that seems like exactly what he needs. Look, he's a cornerback. He's going to get beat. That happens. The best cornerbacks get beat as a rookie. He's not going to be perfect folks. And I think that some of the reaction that I've seen in the subreddit is, oh my God, he fell down on a route. Well, that happens. Yeah. You know, that's. That's football, especially um, after no training for a hundred. Right. The, months. the key is to be resilient, um, to get back at it, to to have the short memory that you need. And uh, so far, it sounds like he's getting better day by day. I know some of the notes that I read. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, and I've looked over uh, what Burke wrote. Uh, Justin Rogers had a couple things up today. Uh, it sounds like he had a better day today, and that's encouraging. Yeah. You know yeah. that he can build off of uh, and and build on. And, and keep having good days. So he's ready because he, he is going to start, folks. Uh, he might not be on the depth chart right now with the ones. He will be starting on on September 13th. Yep. Make no make no mistake about that. Yep. All right. And then, so at the same time, the guys that he's working against are doing well against the other guys as well. They're beating up uh, Trufant and... Um, Boy, I can't remember his name. Oruwariye. Coleman. Coleman. Oruwariye is and out Coleman. there. Yep. yep. He, yeah. So it's not like um, Okuda's out there, just the only one getting beat up. So let's not take it out of context. Uh, we got, and I don't have attribution for this one. It was posted by Quirky Suzuki in, uh, in the Reddit. Uh, Jones Galladay team remains elite. Stafford connected with the former on seven on seven work on a deep shot up the seam versus Trufant. Trufant was right in Jones' hip pocket, and he, all he was, he can. Uh, Jones went up, one-handed grab, boom, turn up. Uh, well, Marvin does. That's do why it. we love Marvin. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, same thing. Stafford and Galladay, it's, it's, I mean, that's what they're built for. Those are the yep. – that's what they do best, and we're going to keep seeing it. Yep, so. and Galladay beat Coleman out, same thing. Um, today, in the most recent practice, we saw that it was Quintus Cephas giving uh, Okuda some hard, a hard time. And I'll tell you, I'm actually glad to see that because – before I poison the well, Case, if you have to say, oh, my gosh, we were looking at Cephas, and he's given um, Okuda a hard time, how do you feel about that? What, is that? what does that make you think if you were to speculate? I mean, I generally think the offensive players have an advantage early in training camp. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't bother me, but I know for a lot of people that would, that would be a panic button, you know, moment. So. Yep, yep, for sure. Riz, what's your thoughts? I'm not panicking. It's, it's, we're missing preseason. I think more than anything else, I miss preseason because it's a chance to see these guys in real game action. Mm-hmm. And I think teams that are heavily dependent on rookies in key situations, and the Lions are certainly one of them, are going to struggle early because they're not 
ready. They can't be ready. No matter how much you try to hit in practice, no matter how much you're trying to, to prepare them, um, you do have to worry about the, the, the concept of an injury coming up. Um, the Cleveland Browns just lost their, their starting slot corner to a lacerated liver from a practice injury. You can't have that in Detroit. They, we, we just don't have that kind of depth. Um, so I expect Okuda to start a little slow. I expect Swift to start a little slow. Cephas, probably not as much because I think where he's playing, it's pretty easy for him to transition. But, you know, with, with Jonah Jackson, who looks like he's going to be a starter, um, and we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, it's – there's – Having start having rookies starting in key positions will be a tough way to go. The the good thing is is that everybody is in the same boat. It's not just the Lions who are going to be in that. I mean, there are the Bengals are starting a rookie quarterback, uh, and they're also starting a left tackle who didn't play football last year. So there, yeah. it could be a lot a lot more challenging yeah. than, than than what we're going through. Yeah, I'm going to tell you where my thought is. Is I feel really really good about Cephas as a fifth round pick playing well and and hard against uh, our first round in Okuda. Um, not because I think Okuda is a bad player, but and and as we heard, he had trouble against Marvin Jones and, and uh, Kenny Galladay. Uh, he, he had a couple of plays there. But playing against Cephas, if Cephas is giving him problems, that makes me feel better about Cephas more than it makes me feel bad about Jeff Okuda. Uh, Casey alluded exactly to, to the point that the, the offense has it a little earlier early. Uh, than the than the than the defense does, but that's just it. Just makes me feel a lot better about the Cephas pick because that's a guy that a lot of people were down on, and that I still think is a little bit of a question mark for a lot of people. So just seeing this early, if I <laughs> yeah, Riz is the one. Uh, seeing seeing him do well there makes me feel better. It, it gives me a data point to work from. If he was the only guy getting crushed by Okuda, then I'd start being real nervous real quick. It's hard not to like a lot of the things we're hearing about the offense. Um, you know, carry on and Swift both getting praise, Hawk getting praise, um, especially worrisome with carry on and Hawk just because of, you know, we, we're always nervous about their injury status. Um, and then Agnew, uh, Burke, uh, Burke mentioned today that Agnew had a deep grab in seven on sevens. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's 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 you know having a guy that can move over like that. We'll see how he does as far as in the in the death charts and if he makes it right. He's obviously kind of yeah. bubble. Yeah, but twenty men has has case. hyped him up too. And and Tim Tim works for the Lions. That always has to be the disclaimer. Yeah, they don't tell him what to say. Mm -hmm. Um, they can limit how far he goes on something, but he has been consistently praising how well how well Agnew is making the transition. And Matt Patricia talked about it in this press conference. I think it was Wednesday. He got asked about, you know, is it an advantage that he he understands how to play it from the other side? And and Patricia, in his typical long-winded answer, said, yes. Yes, it is. 250-word. <laughs> he could have written that yes into an article, couldn't he? For Lions. 347 words to break down his punting <laughs> battle today that was unbelievable <laughs> two minutes and 12 seconds i ah, timed it that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> to basically say that he doesn't know who's ahead yet <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're getting a lot of high praise rag now uh, is getting praise as well from lomas brown uh said he's out there looking really good that's awesome but jonah's been getting praise yeah yes, yeah i want to talk about him in depth after we go into the running backs though um swift looking swift looking very good out there but um, carry on getting the starts, getting the most reps out there, right? Um, let's talk about it. We added Williams, Riz. What does this depth yeah. chart 
what does this depth chart look like for the Detroit Lions? And that's that's a that's the million dollar question. They're gonna let Carry on start because he's earned it as a veteran. That's that's a Patriot way thing. Uh, but you are going to see a fairly even split, I think, between Carry on and DeAndre Swift early in the season. And Scar- Scarborough played well last year. I, I I don't think people appreciate how good he was at maximizing the yards that were blocked for him. Mm-hmm. He's good at that. Ty Johnson did a very good job at that, too. Oh, by the way, he ran better than Carrion Johnson last year before Carrion even got hurt. Uh, Ty, I think, had the highest run yards per carry on the team. He certainly beat Carrion's thing and has, has showed better vision than Carrion. Now they added in Jonathan Williams, a guy who ran for 100 yards two weeks in a row, like coming from out of nowhere for a Colts team. Now the Colts, Colts offensive line is going to get after you. And they they will uh, they will clear open some holes, but he showed that he can get through it. Uh, they are loaded right now, uh, and and if you look, there's there's five guys there. If they're keeping a fullback, and it sure seems like Bowden or Isaac Nauta, or um, well, they cut Luke Sellers today, so he's out of the picture. But uh, although Jason Cabinda was the fullback today in practice, and I apparently say, did okay, I, I heard he did really really well. <laughs> That's that's interesting. That's a wrinkle that we're going to have to uh, to dive into, but yet they're only keeping four running backs, uh, and none of them are return men. You know, we we thought last year that maybe Ty Johnson would morph into that role, but he hasn't ever really shown any ability to do that. So, one of those guys is going to be gone. Um, who's it going to be? Uh, I think a lot has to do with health. If Carryon's healthy, he's making the team. But if they're worried about his health. You can see DeAndre move up. You can see Bo move up. You can see Ty Johnson move up. And we you know, haven't mentioned Huntley. <clears throat> Huntley is Holly's going to be an interesting one because I think with the expanded practice squad rules, he's going there unless unless he's playing slot receiver. Yeah, and in that case, he would be not battling against Ty Johnson for the job, which is something that Bob Quinn's flat out stated was going to be the case. Yes, they are competing for the same job. Uh, he would then be competing with Jamal Agnew for the mm-hmm. job. Um, and so if he's not winning that or the return job, I don't think he's making the team. I, I don't think there's a spot for him. Just yeah. because, and I think the Williams – I had this conversation behind the scenes with Eric Schlitt. Uh, we, we talked about it quite a bit. Uh, does Williams indicate that they're moving Huntley? And he – Eric will not commit unless he knows something. That's, that's what I love about him is that he will not get caught up into the, the hypothetical discussions about that. But he's like – Yes, I can see why you would believe that. And uh, I will go with that. <laughs> that uh, and, and Huntley, again, as a running back, he's, uh, he's sort of like Theo Riddick. But as a receiver, he's also like Theo Riddick. And what do we love about Theo Riddick? He can go out in the slot and catch passes, make people look stupid in space. That's, that's, his, that's his role in the team. If, yeah. if, if other people are ahead of him, that's kind of a minor role. Uh, don't be don't be upset or surprised if he doesn't make the initial fifty three man roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What about in a slot kind of? You see him any kind of in a slot role possibly? I hope so. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I don't. I I haven't seen anything from camp that would indicate that he can or can't do that. But that might uh, be how just, he makes the fifty three, right? I mean, if if he yes. can, if he can step up there because other than I mean, look, Amendola's great, um, but behind Amendola. What do you have? A Cephas, you've, right? You've got Cephas and you've got uh, Tom Kennedy, who mm-hmm. is a special teamer, yeah. lacrosse player. Which I think gives it was him, lacrosse, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Or rugby. One yeah. or the other. I think it was lacrosse. I think it was lacrosse. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, which gives him a leg up being able to do the special teams thing. So we'll see. A lot of interesting things coming out. It's nice to have um, a training camp with this kind of talent fighting for positions, right? It's happened years after years, but for so long we had guys that nobody wanted that we cast it away, and now we're looking at running back. How deep is that? Swift, I heard he was just chewing through linebackers in the one-on-one drills, just making them look bad. Not just Jared. <laughs> All of them, right? And uh, there was one I saw. Um, it just came from 20 Men Today where um, Jared Davis popped um, Swift pretty good. And um, Oh, it was Huntley. Yeah, it was Huntley. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. I don't know if it's a pickup. And uh, they got to do it again. And, and after the, the D was all hyped up, Huntley got to kind of put some meat into Jared and, and got the offense worked up. So he's got heart. He's got heart. That's what we want to see. All right. Um, let's talk about this kid, um, Jonah Jackson. <laughs> Um, no opportunity for this guy to make the team, right? I mean, he's absolutely looking like a fool out there. Um, there's just no chance. This is a mistake. Quinn can't draft. Uh, what else can I say? I think I've covered the whole thing. Case, you want to you wanna go deep on this and tell me how right I am? No. I <laughs> Coming out of the draft, it seemed like everybody was a lot more excited about um, our other guard pick than Stenberg. they were about Jonah Jackson. And I, it's kind of nice to see what looks to be like the team being proved right about where they took which guy, um, and and that Jonah looks like he's probably an immediate plug and play starter for us. Then, uh, whereas what's his name? The other one I keep forgetting. Uh, Logan Stenberg. Stenberger. Uh, whereas he's probably a bit more of a project type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jonah Jackson will immediately step in and be probably an upgrade to our run blocking. It's his path blocking, which causes some concern, but uh, less concern maybe than some people have made it out to be. So Interesting. Interesting. He's been running with the ones um, multiple days in a row after Patricia said that, oh, it was just his turn in the rotation. Yeah. Um, I mean, and so. the, the sense was that uh, Stenberg was going to go out there and be chewing on people's femurs like a rabid pit bull, right? And to see <laughs> to see Jackson come in and, t- and take a spot and really do that, that's good. Because, you look, if I'm going to have a guy that's, that's I don't want to say second tier, or a guy that's working his way into the rotation, is working hard, I want a guy with the grit and the toughness and determination of a, of a, of a Logan Jackson, right? Or Logan Stenberg, Jesus. Right. Stenberg, because because Bo Benshawel had been out, he returned today. Yes, Stenberg was getting the second team center reps, and by all accounts, it didn't look good. He's not a center. That's 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 I think that's been made pretty clear. Um, Joe Dahl will be your backup center. um, So it would be a case of Dahl Dahl moving in the center and then somebody else moving in the left guard, either Stenberg or. Ode Yabushi or Kenny Wiggins or somebody in the rotation like that. Well, didn't, that's not an issue we need to deal with. Yeah, yes, that would. There may be. We somewhere. need we need Frank Rag now to be at his best. Um, the one game that he missed last year, they, they moved Glasgow back there, and Glasgow actually played pretty well then. But the the guard play in that game, I'm trying to think which game that was, but I remember noting that Joe it was Joe Dahl's worst game. Was, was when Glasgow was at center and not Ragnow. Um, it, it made a big difference to the guards, and that's that's something that we've seen. You know, we, we've been lucky. We've had fairly stable center play here, 
But uh, teams that turn over the centers all the time, it's really tough on the guards to, yep. to get into, into any sort of rhythm. And he's the guy who's calling out your protections and everything. Yep. All right, let's get to the injury reports. But first, fantasy football is on the menu. Fantasy football, get in there. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Sign up. You play against Case, Riz, myself, all the faves. You get a chance to win big money. The first four finishers in all the leagues, and each league will be no more than 12 players, will win prizes, including... Uh, fourth place is t-shirts, but it's all money for the guys above that. This is our biggest fundraiser of the year, so please get in there. Get signed up. Fantasy football. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. we got a great time, and we've got, you know, you guys have seen the new show starting graphics on the on the, uh, on the the show and the Ender graphics and all that stuff. I've got a really, really cool uh, breakdown for the leagues and the standings and stuff this year. So get your name in lights, get in there, have fun, come up with a creative team name because we'll love those as well and those will be great on the on the show. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Come in, have some fun, join us, and help us raise the money that carries us through the year. All right, injury reports. First out, Josh on Cornell, draft pick number seven, carted off. Patricia said it was bad today, didn't he, Jeff? He is now on injured reserve, so his season is officially over. Lower leg, pretty big deal. Um, it sounds like he, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to say exactly what it was because I was told this in comments, but it sounds like he broke both, um, both bones in the lower leg, Ooh. which you don't want to hear about. It was, it was bad. It was one of those um, where the the guys who were around were like, trainers, get the hell out here now, um, as it happened. Mm. Uh, so mm. that, that, that's very unfortunate. He was he was fighting to be the Kevin Strong of this year. Uh, it makes Kevin Strong's job a little bit more secure. It's uh, but it's an area where the Lions do not have depth at all. Uh, with John Atkins opting out, that was that was a role that was going to be there. And by the way, Atkins played really well in the stretch of games from week twelve to fourteen last year. And I'm bummed that I'm not going to get to see him play because he he really showed me something in those games, and that's. It's frustrating he's out. So now there's an opportunity for somebody else to step up. And who who in the world will that be? Who knows? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> Probably running around with Case's pants because he's got none on, on his birthday, right? All right. Um, let's get going. Uh, Kenny Wiggins. I heard he was hurt, and I haven't seen any follow-up on it. I just saw it fly by in a tweet. Have you heard anything about that case or Riz? No, I, I heard he was I walking either. into the uh, into the, the the facility, and the comment was again. This can be attributed to somebody who I don't remember, and I apologize. Um, it's not the CBD; it's all my life before that. <laughs> it's cause of that. <laughs> um, I, I I don't remember, but they let said me, you know we were hoping to a get quick little search a full season I, out of him. I will say that teams are being very careful with these soft tissue injuries; they're being overly protective of that. So uh, that's something to, to keep in mind. They don't want to see these guys get hurt. Um, it is a big deal. So I, I don't, I'm not seeing where he got hurt or anything. But okay, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, that cherry things are going to be happening a lot. You're going to see guys. Oh, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent today with the hammy. Okay, sit. We're not yeah. testing you. Sit. Yep. We need you. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, last bit of thing we want to cover before Case goes off and gets in, inevitably tanked and abused by the women in his life. Um, we want to look at the NFC North. Uh, two different outlets have the uh, nine and seven winning the division, and with that comes the question: 
And this is a great question posed by the Riz as we set this up. I got to give all attribution where possible. Does that mean seven and nine would save Quintricia? It's a great question, right? Because everyone says playoffs are bust. You get a nine and seven division winning the division. Boy, that makes it really, really tough because there's all kinds of factors at play now, right? Um, what if you? What if your? What if the Packers go nine and seven FTP? And the Vikings and the Lions are tied at seven and nine, and the Bears wind up four and twelve. And I can absolutely see it playing out that way. By the way, is that good enough to keep Quintricia in place? That's 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 a variable, man. And I I don't know how Mrs. Ford, the new Mrs. Ford, Sheila Ford Hamp, feels about that. And that's not something that's been asked of of Quinn or Patricia. I, I don't think I think it's an appropriate question to be asked at this point. That's uh, but let's let's just open up to find that out. Let's let's hope that the Lions do better than that. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's hope that, that the Packers do worse than that because that would be really nice. Alder Fu, Jim Young, Matt Leffler, got to give them props for the FTP in the chat. Got doing the uh, shout out to uh, the Riz. <laughs> hey, you got to do that, man. What are your thoughts? And I'll, I'll say this: I, I was I was looking at. Um, I'll, I'll give Zach Cruz um, from Packers Wire a little bit of credit. He's a good dude. Um, he, I used to work with him at Bleacher Report when I covered the Lions there. Um, he wrote today that they are struggling to find people to start around Christian Kirksey at linebacker. I will tell you that Christian Kirksey is not a good starting linebacker from covering him in Cleveland. He is Jared Davis with a little less speed. <laughs> That's their linebacking core. That's their best linebacker. So they have problems in Green Bay, too. I know they went 13-3 and last year. They ain't going thirteen and three again. <laughs> well, and I, 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 I think you could easily see the Vikings' offensive line doom their season to a nine and seven ceiling as well. If they, if there's a lot of concern that the rumored rollout of guys they've got is is not a good one. So yeah, they don't they don't have depth and and look at the look at the defensive losses that they've had. Both of their starting corners from last year are elsewhere. Everson Griffin is now where do you go Dallas. Yeah, that, really, that, really quick. Huge I've, loss. I've got to get this in here because basically you guys are taking us around the division. Don't fuck around. Okay. <laughs> got that in the chat. Had a big request for the, the around the division, so I had that. Okay, just blew Case's mind. Give <laughs> me a headache. <laughs> Okay, Everson Griffin gone is a big deal for them. I I, I just think yes. you're right about the offensive line case. I think there's some real questions in Minnesota right now, and it, the the impact may be greater than we thought. They are relying on a lot of good draft picks, no question. They had a great draft to step up, but that's a lot of that's a lot of eggs to put in a basket, and and eggs are fragile. I just want to and Don, I don't think that if. If they don't work it out with Dalvin, I think he'll play this year. I don't think he'll hold out. There's the way the new CBA is set up, holding out is it it makes it nearly impossible for players. Yes, yes, it does. Yep. I, I don't think you're going to see any holdouts. Um, you're you, also not going to see and Yannick Ngakwe get traded. That was made abundantly clear in Jacksonville earlier today. So you can uh, get that pipe dream out of your head. The one thing you can probably picture Dalvin Cook holding is a knee, though. Right. Let's let's face it. The guy has a hard time <laughs> staying healthy, and um, I I wouldn't have faith in him 
as a as a coach and a team to to stay healthy for an entire season. I, I mean, we could talk that way about carry on or about, about his health and, and ability to play for a full sixteen. I think you can do the same thing for Cook. I mean, I mean he's been injured a great deal, missed a lot of football. He's a great. Well, I, I sent you a he's, joke, didn't I, the other day about Dalvin Cook? It was like something about not having a leg to stand on. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's mean. Yeah, we didn't do one at the beginning of the show today, so we, we at least we snuck it in here. That was a good one. Thanks, Case, for reminding. <laughs> All right, so um, let me ask one more question. Well, well, Case, what do you think? I mean, what does the record have to look like for Quintricia to remain? I, I, anything eight and eight or better, and I'd feel very confident in them sticking around. Mm-hmm. Playoffs, no playoffs. Anything better, I would say it's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Playoffs, no playoffs. doesn't matter. If they go 9-7 and seven and miss the playoffs, I, I still think that is that is a suitable amount of improvement for... That's a six-game turnaround. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. 7-9 yeah. um, <laughs> and nine is super questionable. Um, it, and it would really depend on how they got there and how much, how much dysfunction was involved in getting there. Uh, whether, they, whether it's clear they lose the locker room or whether it's just some bad luck. Because, I mean, you can look at last year, and there were, the Lions had plenty of bad luck. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying they weren't outplayed in most of the games they lost I, I, at all, but I, they were so close in so many of those games. It wasn't as bad a record as it looks. I mean, you know, technically speaking, in the standings, of course, it is exactly where it is. But from a, a point differential, from a how many close games they lost, how many minor things, tiny little things could have gone the other way that could have affected them and, and given them another three or four or five wins even um, even with Stafford going out. I It was a better record than it looks like um, from a subjective point of view. I th- So 7-9 is like, how did they get there? How did, how did, how did the ball bounce? Mm-hmm. You know? Anything worse than 7-9, I think you you really run the risk of losing um, every, you know, losing the respect of the players if they keep the coach around, losing a lot of, you know, yeah, I, th- I think clout that's, that, in the NFL, like we aren't already, you know, laughed at. That would be like, that's, holy crap. Yeah, your, your point there is very well. Said. Remember, this was a team that fired Jim Caldwell when he was 9-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's but the that, difference would, that, that would be a very tough move to justify keeping him at six and ten the or even at seven and nine. Though case, I, I think you're right. I do think the path to seven and nine matters more than the seven and nine itself. Mm-hmm. I think the case is we've worked our way up to nine and seven, <laughs> where we worked our way down to nine and seven with Caldwell. But yeah, right. this is the seven and nine piece is a total push. It, it really is, as you said, a complete dependent on on how we got there. I think eight and eight and up. I, I completely agree with them stay, sticking around at eight and eight and above. And I think especially with everything else that's going on, comparing that and looking at that compared to last year's record. I, I see no real reason for the Fords to move on that, uh, especially with as, as the amount of time that Patricia's had. Now you know next year, if they're an 8-8 eight and eight team and they hold on to a more 7-9 and nine team, they are absolutely on the seat. I mean, you know. I don't, I don't think that would be good enough, honestly. I, I think at that point, of, yeah. yeah, you're in your yeah. fourth year. Yeah. It's time to win in the postseason, it's, period. They're sitting there on the – on what's that meme? The guy with the noose around his neck turning over first time, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's where yes. at that point. So, I uh, got that one last thing 
Um, if something were to happen, the, the record wouldn't turn around this year. Uh, and this is a difficult question, but this is the one I think is, is important for the people who, who pound the table right now and say, get rid of them, fire them, no matter how the season turns out. They're terrible. Who do you replace them with? Who, are you, who would you eye as your GM? Because that's the first person you have to hire. As GM. Yeah. Not John Dorsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough, tough question right now. Because um, um, we don't know who would be available. We don't know. Well, no, none of know. the good ones are ever available, right? Not Bill O'Brien. What? Not Shaggy. Right. God, no. <laughs> uh, this is the problem. Not, no, none of the no. good GMs are ever available. You've got to find one, which is You've got to find young guys. Um, there is a guy that the Browns hired uh, from San Francisco, and I his name is tough enough to pronounce it. I'm not going to butcher it. He is of Indian descent or African descent. African. Um, and I can't. I, I, his name is just slipping on me, and I've written about him. And I can see the picture of him in my head, um, and it's right there. He is a young guy who's an analytical guy. He played, I want to say he played football. Um, very smart guy, very well-respected coming out of San Francisco. It was seen as a big coup. He's a rising star. Um, there's um, there's uh, the underling in Seattle to John Schneider, and I can't think of what his name is either. I'm spacing on it. But the, those are your usual suspects. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would tend to think, though, that with a new ownership group, they're going to be able to do kind of whatever they want. So we may be looking at, you know, hey, Nick Saban, Alabama's not doing well. You want to come up here and run the Lions for a couple of years? <laughs> you know, <Ooh>. all <laughs> options would be on the yeah, table. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's really early to know that yet. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And, I don't and, think it will be anybody from a Patriot background, though. Say that. No, no, I, I agree. I agree 100%. It's just that's the one thing. The people that are pounding their, their hand today will to the, on the table today i just want to know who, who's your guy then because it's easy to just say fire him right and react and say right. fire him and then it, it, they go and be successful anywhere that can't be your your your, your you know and, judgment that, and that, you that's what i say all the time right? for the people that want the force to sell it sell the team okay who's gonna buy it right who are you gonna have buy it you want you want you want dan gilbert to buy him no no you that's don't. who's gonna Trust buy me. him you really don't yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure all right that's that's it don't forget about us on fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Whenever you do any of those things, please go to those places. They give us a kickback on your sale. It doesn't cost you any more. It keeps the money out of the hands of the man and powers this podcast and gives, oh my gosh, Case the happiest birthday he's ever had. Happy birthday, Case. No one sang for you. I'm not going yeah, to. Yeah, no, that's okay. But no, I do appreciate all the well wishes in the uh, YouTube comments. So thanks, guys. Here, I got a happy birthday song for you. <laughs> There you go, my friend. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. With that bombshell, we are going to call it a week. Remember, the show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the suburb to give us your feedback. We appreciate everything you help us do to make this a better show. And it is the community show, so you have a responsibility to do just that. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. It's how you get a my financial ownership. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Toss a, toss a couple bucks at us as little as a dollar a month and donations gets you access to the Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Also, check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast. And on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast. Give us a follow at DET Lions podcast. The very best place to see the case man. Blowing. Out the candles <laughs> with no pants on all right uh give us a call via skype 
It's uh, a strong breeze, man. Yeah, yeah melting the frosting. Uh, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Also, be sure to go to Detroit Lions Podcast and subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ear holes all looped up automatically. Thank you for tuning in, and we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters. Uh... No hot tubs and no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.